Hey everyone, I'm Kari. Hello everyone, I'm in Paris. And this is CSI Talk. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back. Another week, another episode of CSI Talk. Hi. Before we begin, this is a safe space for you. So whenever you want to come here, just to, you know, listen to two girls talking about their favorite science crime fighting show, we got you. And tomorrow, it's a brand new CSI episode. Yeah, just coming back today. I mean, it's still January why we record this, but realize this on February 1st. And tomorrow is February 2nd, and CSI Vegas returns, hopefully, uh, with Greg Sanders. But if not, we're just going to wait at this point. We're just waiting. Three years from now. We're literally the old lady from Titanic. It's been 84 years. Speaking of Titanic, Titanic's coming around. Again. I get to watch Jack die again in 4K. Even though the movie is going to be 26 this year, you would have expected it to be last year for the 25th, not the 26th. Yeah. I think I think James Cameron was actually waiting for Avatar The Weight of Water to come around so he could, you know, just go with the flow quite literally. I will say this though. Sorry, no problem. I will say this though. We have water, I mean, overrated because literally the movie really starts taking place at the third act and the last 20 minutes of the movie, but whatever. So, new segment of our show that premiered last week. This week on CSI History. This is the week between January. Let me find the exact date. January 27th. So, January January 20th through January 27th. So, on this, between those seven days, the episodes. Kiss, kiss, bye, bye. Rather on. The Grave Shift, Bullet Ball, A Kiss People Frying, Runners in the Wind, Double Bolt, Fox and Breaks, and Merchants of Venice premieres. Red yeah. Rum. Red Rum. Red Rum. That is one of my favorites, to be honest. And we covered this episode a bunch of episodes ago. You want to see it now? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it's one of my favorites, too. And they like imitating from the movie. Yes, yeah, so if you're wondering, Red Realm is literally murdered backwards. So, but what are we talking about today, Brie? We're talking about one of my favorite episodes because I love Marley Matlin, the two Mrs. Chris's. Go, Marley Matlin. She has some news on court. 
she retreated just walked out of a festival because the festival refused to have good closed captionings on the movies. It's twenty-three. It's twenty-three. Yeah. Really? And Tom Hiddleston won last year for Best Actor, and he's a deaf actor. And in the nineties, Marley Mallon won. I'm sorry, but it's twenty-twenty-three. Why don't you have Cole's Patrick? I don't mean so insensitive. English is not my first language, but I have to watch it with closed captions to fully understand what you're saying. I even have to do that. English is my first language. English is my main language. I know American Sign Language. Some of the things that got me going CSI is that. It pay close attention to these small communities. And that has to do with the creator and the Zyker. He always brought to the screen stories that dealt with minorities. Even though sometimes those stories involved murder because literally the name of the show is crime scene investigation. So I mean, we're gonna do what we're gonna do today with this episode is kind of what we did with our analysis of believe it all the rest. Because I mean, yeah. a murder happens in this episode. This is not the main focus of the episode. The main focus of the episode is the relationship between the two of it, the sons, you know, Sarah and Betty. Yes. And there's also, so I know a little bit about deaf culture since I took four years of American Sign Language in high school. So there's some things that I might pipe in about. And I'm sorry if I'm wrong, if we just have somehow get this up to being a transcripted episode. If anybody who's in the deaf hall of hearing community wants to correct any of us, you're free to go ahead. Please feel free to contact us if we get anything wrong in this episode. Okay. So the synopsis for this episode is the death of a prominent professor in the deaf community is connected to a field between two deaf graduate students competing over a grant and the investigation creates tension between Sarah and Grissom's mother. Okay, where is Grissom at this point? Nobody knew. Literally, nobody knew. No. Okay. They did talk about it in the episode. At the episode, yeah, but like, people saw that, like, uh, the last we heard of Grissom was that he was teaching in France. And during this episode, we find out that it's, he's actually in Peru. And Looking through grave sight of the Madoche. I mean, that gave him quite some money, actually. Doing some work for the government, right? So the deceased is Eric Lambert, and I'm sure uh, 
like when everybody saw Sarah in that purple dress, like she was beautiful. And of course, we think that Grissom is going to show up at some point in the episode, and he does throw a camera through Skype. As we're doing right now, we're recording this through Skype. But um, he physically indeed never shows up, which is kind of like a red flag that things are not going so smoothly between him and Sarah. And Grissom's mom is probably the first one to notice that things are not going well between them. And you gotta realize this is season 11, two years before so, the divorce. The divorce and things are not going so smoothly because they are, Grissom and Sarah, they are having this long distance relationship. On which she goes where he is, or if she's stuck at work, he's the one that's going to go after her. And as we said last week, it kind of feels like even when they were married for the first time, or maybe they're still married and Grissom never signed the divorce papers or it never got finalized or something like that. I felt like Grissom maybe was expecting Sarah to run after him as she was doing for the longest time before they started dating. And she kept doing that when they were dating. I might risk myself here and say that the only time he actually ran after her was when she got kidnapped and almost died. No, she did run after her when he left. I mean, that too. They were not together at that point. They, they were not together. They, they had broken up. She had broken up with him. And he ran after her. But then, when they were together, maybe he expected her to resume her role into being the one that had to run after him in the relationship. You know, I saw that in the fanfic ones, and I was like, you know what? I agree with you. Whoever the writer is, maybe the writer is listening to this podcast right now, and I agree with you, whoever you are. You're completely right. Grissom would expect to run after him, to chase after him, even when they were married. And, well, so we see Grissom's mom yet again, and Sarah was there to support Grissom and his mom, but Grissom is not there because Grissom is in Peru, and there's an interpreter there because, okay, look, my girl, Sarah, my girl was trying, okay? She was trying her hardest to have a good relationship with her mother-in-law. Okay, because she, I mean, she didn't have much of a relationship with her mother because her mother was locked up somewhere. So, I mean, my girl was trying, okay? Well, already in Vegas by now, so. Look, but what, yes. 
What is the thing? So Betty probably had a wallop because the hearing community, a lot of the times, think that deaf people are less than. Because they can't hear and they think that the deaf community, people who are deaf, can't do certain things because they are deaf. And they are wrong. As Marley Mallon has said, a deaf person can do it. Every, everything a hearing person can, except hear. Yeah, I agree with you. What I was saying is that Sarah was trying to have a good relationship with Betty. And it felt like Betty wasn't allowing that to happen. I think, okay, uh, okay, I blame Grissom for Sarah and Lady Satter. Lady Hatter not having a good relationship all this week's episode. And I'm going to blame him again for Betty Grissom and, and Sarah Sato not having a good relationship. Because, look, we have no idea if they met, if, if Grissom introduced Betty to to Sarah, I hope that he would introduce that he did introduce Sarah to Betty when they started dating, maybe or maybe not, because I mean, from what we see in this particular episode, uh, Betty knew Nick very well, so maybe. Maybe Betty didn't know that Grissom and Sarah were even together to begin with. Or, or, this could be one of the classic instances where the mother-in-law does not like the daughter-in-law. And this happens in the real world. Grissom had to make some arrangements before he went to Costa Rica, right? Maybe, I mean, we always think that his dog ended up with Catherine for a few for some time, but maybe or Nick. Uh, or Nick, but maybe he was with his mom or something like that. We don't know what who Grissom left his dog, so it might have been his mom, or it might have been Nick, or it might have been Catherine. But I'm pretty sure he told his mom, Yeah, I love Sarah. I'm gonna go after her and I'm gonna marry her. And there's nothing she could do about it. I mean, What's she, what, what she's going to do? Not let him go to Costa Rica and marry Sarah? Ground him? Ground him? Like, no, go play with her bugs. <laughs> you cannot marry this woman. And, I mean, Sarah was actually, we don't know much about Ben Grissom, but Sarah was focused on her work too much. And, Grissom actually really loves that about Sarah, and I think that's one of the main differences between Sarah and Betty. After her husband passed away, her main job was to take care of Grissom. And Sarah's, Sarah's literally, what Sarah wanted to do was do her words and not having to, you know, be a housewife. But you gotta realize, when Elder Grissom died, 
Betty Grissom somehow had to earn money. Yeah, I mean, okay, she she might have. And his theory is that she was either still like a professor or something, or she owned an art gallery. I think she was a professor. That would make more sense, especially in the time this is in, because what I know from some death history is that around the time Grissom was a kid, would be a kid, people could not use sign language in rental schools, in public schools. If teachers caught them signing, clap with the hands with the ruler, or they had to sit on their hands. That's from my ASL teacher in high school. I think Betty Grissom was a professor, and that being a professor, that's what got her closer to Julia. Because, I I mean, at least I had that interpretation when Betty said that Julia was like a daughter to her because I've had that type of relationship with some of my teachers in high school, and I've had that kind of relationship with my coordinator in college. So I know I know what she meant about it. But there was like this elephant in the room. Did, did Julia and Grissom had a relationship? They did. It, Julia suggested it. And Sarah uh has to leave like they're they're interrogating Julia after they find a second bomb and after they find a second bomb in the university and they have to question her they have to question her and Brass is there so is Sarah and he and Julia brings that in death culture people don't go around the bush saying something they are straightforward like they don't really even have they don't really even say bye in death culture I think they did have a relationship, but I don't think it went that deep. I think they at least had sex. And you know what Grissom says about sex. Sex without love is pointless. It makes you sad. Do you think that he would have sex with Julia if he he didn't love her? Because this is what, you know, this is what... Is not actually making me believe that they slept together because I think he loved her for a bit, but then fell in love. I think he was at least trying. He was trying. But I don't think she, again, is, is what we said last week. She wouldn't understand his world. She wouldn't understand the long hours. She wouldn't understand his passion, his fascination with bugs. He wouldn't understand why he would choose to go to a body farm, why he would have to get out of bed at three in the mornings because they found a body in a dumpster and it had bugs everywhere. That could have led to the breakup. Because, but as we know, before 
first year Saki walked in a morgue. So they, that could have been when they were together. Does it seem like this, that relationship was ancient history? So they could have dated for a little while, maybe in the 80s. But after what actually Grissom was, after Grissom was really starting to get into the CSI room, she was getting in with the fights and that would meet the breakup. But Betty wasn't, Betty would always think that Julia was the one for Grissom because Julia understands the deaf community because she is herself. That would account for the fact that there was uh, a change in Grissom after he came back from San Francisco. Because he went to San Francisco for a conference, for a lecture or some, something like that, and Sarah was there, and he came according to some fanfics, he came back and changed man, but I mean, uh, see some evidence. We did see some evidence of that when Grissom was oppressed and he is also sick. <laughs> then Brad has to go and then actually Catherine has to go to his apartment and she's looking around and she, you know, she sees that picture, which is a very, it's just a very nice big picture <laughs> for the time. From that, yeah, it's a decent picture. Like, and then, and then I, I do think that Betty Grissom ever actually forgive Grissom for not Mary, not having a deep relationship with Julia. Yes. I agree. And what, I know I've said this before, but back, let's back to what you said where Betty says, Julia's always like a dog to me. For those who have seen enough modeling that in movies, like I have because of ASL in high school and then, you know, this kind of Molly Matlin, it's by Mel and pop up movies of her. Both Molly Matlin and Phyllis. I so I'm gonna butcher her last name was likely I so apologize, may she rest in peace. Which they actually have played mother and daughter in a couple of movies. And that's that line actually has such a deep meaning for those of us who have seen. Yes. One point of the episode, Mrs. Grissom, Betty asks Sarah if her marriage with her son is genuine if they barely see each other. And I think as a Sarah Saito fan, all of us out there were really Yes, about that because I mean they have gone longer without seeing each other when they were working in the same building. <laughs> I 
You know what? Look, I think this is a case of a mother who really doesn't understand what her son loves doing. I don't think Betty Grissom understood really Grissom's fascination with bugs and then entomology and then CSI. And then the marriage with another CSI. And there wasn't much A younger one at that. What? And a younger one at that. A much younger woman at that. Yeah, I was gonna say, do you think that Betty actually feared that someday Sarah would leave Grissom for a younger man? Because they have a 15-year difference. Do you think that she she will leave him for a younger man? Like I she, think she was... I think she was wise. She gave up hope having grandkids and then one present married a much younger woman. She's like, oh, grandkids. But then they did not. So in Grissom, most likely, they not want any kids. Because they've seen the worst part of humanity. I think that's most likely why they wouldn't have kids. And Sarah also, Grissom didn't want to pass down I can't say that word right now, but his hereditary disorder. And Sarah did not want to have a chance to pass it down to schizophrenia, addiction issues, you know, everything her parents had. And she had. And she was addicted to alcohol for a bit. Yeah. I don't think, I don't think this is Mrs. Grissom, as in Betty Grissom, I don't think Betty really liked Sarah and I think Sarah let Grissom know <laughs> what was happening what went down I yes cause as you find out in the final scene Betty knows too much about the sex life for son and daughter-in-law because in Inca society Elders pass, pass down knowledge in, in these pop six months. And it's too bad my camera is not working right now because I'm signing as I'm saying that. <laughs> okay, I'm not seeing that. I don't know if I just feel grateful or not. And I think Grissom. Should have put in more work to his relationship with Sarah. I think this is one of the first red flags to us as the viewers that something was not right with that relationship. Because, like, when you have something like that, that like one of the main actors of the show decides to leave and the other decides to come back, and they happen to play a couple. And one of them is not really willing to come back to the show because, of course, I mean, he, William Peterson at that time, he had just gotten married. I think his wife had given birth to the Swedes. So, I mean, it does make sense that he wouldn't want to come back. But... At this point, you need to 
And I mean, the writers needed to evaluate, like, okay, what are we going to do about this relationship? We have a few way out. We kill off the character or we separate the characters. They wouldn't kill off Grissom, not one of the founding fathers of CSI. Oh my god, did I just call him Father Tiger? Yes, you did. Well, if you think about it, you did have a say in who was casted as Sarah. Pretty this guy that's true, to be honest. And in, of course, those of us, some of those of us who have watched some of the centered things, we know that Anthony Zyker and Renan Peterson. When they first met Georgia Fox at a at like a dinner, they were talking about a fancy popcorn. Yeah, and and if you I don't know if you guys watched the Immortality Palette panel, and Georgia Fox said that she hated him for like six months when they started working together. And then and then all of these happened. Something switched. I mean, yeah. Really like the holidays period. It's just top dating. And I mean, probably at some point she realized that, oh, at some point our characters are going to get together. I cannot hate this guy. I'm, I'm, I have a feeling this is going to take off. Well, if we, and those of us who have seen season seven special features, Jojo Fox and Marlon Peterson actually fought for the characters to get together. I mean, it was about that time, to be honest. It was about. So, yeah. So, you had that two choices. Okay. So, yeah. Either you cut up this character or you break them up. And they were like, Dirty Fox is not living the show, so we have to break them up. And honestly, at first, as a GSR fan, I mean, completely broke my heart. The friction was kind of necessary because... We got to watch, we get to watch to see Sarah grow. We see this other side of character, this other side of Sarah's character. That it was necessary. It was, it was necessary. And I mean, like, yeah, we get a lot talents, aggressive reference. We got talents of references to Grissom and the coming seasons like after this this is season 11 right this is two yeah. years before they break up and then he comes back and like in and season at the end of season 12 he kind of amped up some of the references like she calls him and she calls Cosmo the anniversary, or is that first seven of season 13? It's either late season 12 or early 13. And then one of the final episodes of season 12, Malice in Wonderland, she receives a plants for him. And she what? talks about how wonderful marriage is. One of the good things, this is a blessing and the curse for CSI, like not going into the personal lives of the characters, 
it's a good thing because it allows any viewer to watch the show and just pick up the pace, whatever their story lies. And like that what was happening to me before I actually became a fan. I knew I could turn on TV, uh, like at least for me, like I could turn on TV on AXN and 9 p.m. every night and I could watch CSI and I knew who the character was. I knew that they were friends, but I didn't know the ten the like I didn't know the death connection between them. But I took pick up the pace. And this still happens with CSI Vegas. This I mean, although CSI Vegas does have some changes, this was was that this is what CSI would be in twenty twenty three. We've talked about this before. Uh but that quality that made the show withstand, withstand time is what broke the Polaroid. One of the uh, one of the most beloved relationships that the show created. Okay, I'm not I'm not blaming any of the actors here because I mean they have their own personal lives, but that quality broke broke that relationship up, and that was necessary to see this other character grow up because it is as in as it is in art, it is also in life. You grow up in hardships. And we got to watch Sarah grow as a character. And I love the fact that she had friends such as Finley and Morgan and DB to be there for her because Grissom was revered almost as a deity in the lab. So mm-hmm. there was no way that she could um and tell them like guys me and Grissom are done. Do you think people do they like Grissom do you think like uh, Nick and and Greg would ask her what did he do? They would ask oh. what do like, what did he do? Catherine would ask what did he do? Yeah, Catherine asked what did he do because Catherine knows Grissom. Cameron knows Grissom. She was just like, okay, what did you do? I'm not I'm not gonna say that. She would just be called for language. Yeah, I'm not gonna say that because I kept calling him that previous episodes. But you guys know what I mean. I mean, if you've been here if you've been here before, you know what I mean, what I wanna say right now. That takes us to forget uh, forget me not. And D B and Morgan and Philly, they looked at it what was happening to Sierra in in a scientific way, which is something that in science, this is something that you are thought to do, that you have to look at things with an objective point of view, which was actually what Hodges was doing as well. He wasn't judging Sierra for whatever she was doing. But, you know, Nick and Greg were ready to throw her ass in jail. And mm-hmm. would that happen in 2023? Hardly. I don't think in 2023 
this type of narrative would survive, I think Sarah most likely would go out with them to a diner and then they would get suspicious and be like, okay, what do you want to tell us? And then she's like, oh, okay, so me and Grissom, we had a call the other day and we decided to call it quits. And, uh, and then Sarah would probably get a bit emotional and said, okay, it's a couple years and, and it's now our marriage a long distance was not working as well and if he wasn't communicating and I stopped trying to reach out and every time I did he wouldn't call me back or something like that I think I mean at least I think that would have happened yeah like and of course, this episode is almost 10 years old. It'll be 10 years old in February. Well, not 10 Mrs. Grayson, but the, but the episode that should not be named will be 10 in February. Yeah, we don't really like this episode on this podcast. That means we definitely need to talk about it. I mean, we've talked about it enough. Just in pieces. Yeah, I think if it was to cut everything out, we can make one episode just about this episode. So some things on that episode were treated. Insensitive, insensitively. Yeah. And those very would not have been treated like this today. Not after me too. Not after that. Not after them. Not after that. And it should have not been treated that way then because yeah. I mean, if you've seen CSI enough and if you see any type of crime shows like Criminal Minds, SVU, or another, you know, any crime shows, you know that most of the victims are women, which is unfortunately true. I I studied this; it is true. But it, it, I'm gonna say this: I'm sorry to the SVU fans right now who ship Olivia in Olivia. SVU fans, I I saw it on Twitter. What happened? I'm really sorry to the SVU fans. So if you see any type of franchise as we mentioned, SVU, you know, minds, I know, Law and Order. Most of the victims are women, and not only are they victims of crimes related to sex, they're also victims because of misogyny and sexism. And I think that is actually what happened in that episode that shall not be named. I think that some of the narrative kind of Sound I mean, looking at that episode with a 2023 point of view, some part of the narrative sounded sexist. And I don't think that that episode would have been written like this in 2023. Mm-hmm. 
Well, so Bree, what are we talking about next week? We are talking about the next episode next Which one second? I will pop the title real quick. I've seen it so many times, but you know, I try to keep everything straight recently. Yeah, that's the next episode title is when the dust settles. Summary. Catherine's day off with her granddaughter. It's interrupted when a woman wakes up from a four-year coma and remembers detail from the night her sister died. So Catherine was good at the lot at this four years ago. This was put in 2019. Oh, does that mean that maybe Greg will show up? Maybe, but we know that Russ Captain runs into Greg in an unusual place. So what would an, an un... Beneath, that's out, folks. An unusual place be for Greg to be. I mean, it's Some like... times can say be in one sentence. I mean, but Vegas, right? It's Greg in Vegas. I mean, it's already unusual. So, we see you guys next week. Please stay safe. And if you have anything you'd like to tell us or talk to us, please email us at csitalkpodcast at gmail, gmail.com. That's csitalkpodcast at gmail.com. And also, which is also in the description of this episode, which our, our Twitter is at csitalkpodcast and our Instagram is at csi.talk. Again, that's csi.talk. We love, guys, we love you guys so, so much. And thank you so much for the support. And see you guys next week. Bye. Love you. Bye, God. Love you.